Hey everybody, it's Anson. Over the last couple of episodes, actress and author Ileana Douglas shared with us some amazing stories from her book, I Blame Dennis Hopper. And a couple of those stories had to do with something many of us have experienced, being starstruck. And it's a weird thing, that, isn't it? <laughs> First of all, most of its weirdness comes from the disbelief that you're actually standing next to or talking to or shaking hands with someone you've only seen from afar. And yes, almost every person out there listening to this has probably had that experience. So I guess what I'm getting at is that it's weird because it's not actually that weird. Happens all the time. And I have to say, speaking of someone who's had that experience from both sides, the recognizer and the recognizee, I far prefer being the recognizee because when you're the recognizer, there's all that, that really angsty war that goes on in your head about, do I bother them? No, I can't. But yes, I have to. And oh, they'll hate me. And, and then the approach, which we're convinced has to be the most awkward thing ever. But when you're the recognizee, it really just means people sometimes come up to you and say hi. And they're usually really nice. They give you a pat on the back and say, nice job. It's kind of like being an electrician, and every now and then a stranger walks up to you and says, you know how you decoupled that coaxial cable to avoid ground loops in that new office building last week? That was sweet. So, how cool is that, right? And you start to realize that angst we feel as the recognizer, or the nervousness, or the unearned joy, or the unearned belief that the recognizee is just bound to be a jerk. Well, all of that is really just in our heads. And it makes the simplest of acts, meeting someone, into this monumental, impossible, sometimes life-altering thing. So today, my co-host Brandon and I have two stories we'd like to share with you. One in which the recognizer, me, tries and fails to strike up a conversation with the recognizee, who just happens to be one of the most famous comedians in history. And second, Brandon succeeds in overcoming his fandom in order to help a rock star develop the most ludicrous film pitch you've ever heard. This week, we're starstruck. Welcome to The Well. Is there anything that's ever happened to you that seems like a bit of kismet coming out of mm. the film world or or your 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 connection to film? Mm. I can't think of anything right now. Yeah. Mm. You? Do you have something in mind? Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I had a very similar experience to her experience with Lee Marvin. Mine was mm. with Steve Martin. Oh, that's right. And, yeah. and it, it was very early in my career. I had just been to the premiere for my second film of all time. And I was um, supposed to fly back to New York from Los Angeles the morning after. And I woke up hungover and I realized I was running late to the car. And I just I, quickly, I don't even know why I paused to shave, but I quickly shaved and threw on clothes. And I got in the car and I made the flight and I walk on. It was one of my first times flying first class. And the stewardess was showing me to my seat. And I sort of saw from around behind her shoulders that the person who was going to be sitting next to me was already there. 
and I don't know why I thought this, but I was like, it's first class. I'll be the first to say hello. And she steps out of the way and I say hello. And it's Steve Martin. Mm. And he's wearing the sunglasses Mm -hmm. and he's wearing the hat and he's got the book in his hands. Every sign (laughs) saying, leave me alone. The newspaper over the face. And he looks up at me and he goes, hello. And he looks back down his book and I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) So I, I stow my luggage in the the above head compartment and I go into the bathroom to collect myself and I look in the mirror and I look like <laughs> a, a horror movie survivor. I, I have cut my face with my razor so many times <laughs> that I'm just bloody. <laughs> There's just spots of blood. I'm like, Oh no. And my, and my hair is standing on mm-hmm. end and I just look like a madman. <laughs> oh, so I, clean myself up as best I can and I go back and I'm I, and I sit down and you know, the flight takes off and I, and I can't focus on reading anything because I, what keeps going through my mind is you're sitting next to Steve Martin I can't even watch the movie because my, my <laughs> mind know, keeps going right? you're sitting next to Steve Martin so it's just yeah. toward it's just purgatory and I'm I I'm so I'm I'm starting to think to myself if there's just some way to break the ice in a better way to just remove the weird tension. Just, I'll be able to at least focus on reading or something. And I look down and I realized that he's eaten all of, you know, in first class, they give you this little bowl mm-hmm. of warm nuts. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that he's eaten all of his nuts and I haven't touched mine. So I turn to him and I, without thinking, I say, would you like my nuts? <laughs> and, he, and he looks at me and he goes, Excuse me, and I said, um, my, my, "My nuts, my, my mixed nuts. I mean, my, would you like my, my nuts?" And he says, "Oh, thank you." And I said, "You're welcome." And he goes back to his book, and that's it. And, but of course, he's eating my nuts now. Oh, right? oh, he is he's eating, eating the nuts. Okay. And I was like, oh. and then finally, we're on approach to New York. <laughs> And he looks down, he sees a script next to me that I can't read. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, you're an actor. And I, without missing a beat, I turn to him and I go, why, yes. Uh, I'm sorry, are you? <laughs> and he went, oh, well, and I go, just fuck with you, man. I know who you are. <laughs> and then it turned out he'd seen me in a play and he was very, very oh, okay. nice. His compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, it was a nice little conversation and he went on his way. Uh, not a funny guy. <laughs> I'm sure he, I'm sure he has his moments, but anyway, I'm sure uh, you know when you're not being paid to be funny, and probably the last thing you want to be doing, anyways. I don't know if this counts, but uh, but, that, but but in terms of like running into a hero, mm-hmm. uh, me running at a, someone else's birthday party, running into uh, David Byrne, oh. and uh, yeah. Of the Talking Heads, for yes. those who don't know yes. who we're talking about. And I'm about. a huge very, David Bird fan, a huge Talking Heads fan. influential band from the 1980s. Yeah, and he's an amazing artist. He's done everything. Yeah, he's not it, just a musician. His yeah. influence is now so great that all he has to do is say, like, I want to do a show. And people was like, I don't care, whatever it is, whatever, you, you have it. Yeah. And then it turned out to be just him, like, showing pictures of things he found on the internet. I went to that show. Okay, that was like a year ago, and it were and everyone just it's like five hundred people sitting on the floor going, and I saw this on the internet, and I found this on the internet, and everyone's going, "Wow, oh, that's so cool! Look what David Byrne found was. on the internet." 
it was, but it was cool because it was David Byrne. Right. right like, right. it was some cool stuff. I had seen half of it, you know, but, like, it, it, it was cooler because he was showing it to me. Uh, but, anyway, so a huge David Byrne fan. And uh, Sharon and I are at a, at a party, and I see him. He's, oh, it's, it's young kids. I don't know why he's at this party. It's a bunch of young kids. And no one knows who he is. And he's sitting over there in the corner drinking his little plastic cup of, you know, wine or whatever. And I <laughs> I think I'm going to – this is where radio is going to be hard because – I have to demonstrate this. Maybe Anson can describe it. <laughs> uh, I'm pointing at him, and I don't want to say his name for some reason because I don't want to be that guy. I'd be like, oh my God, it's David Byrne, you know, and blow his cover. So I'm trying to signal subtly to Sharon, like, look who that is. Look who it is. And I start doing all the hand gestures from the music video for Once in a Lifetime. All those weird, like, where he's dicing his arm like it's a salami right. or something, and he's doing that weird gesture and hitting himself in the forehead with the palm of his hand. <laughs> same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. And I'm doing all of this as if that's not going to draw more attention. You know, I'm, I'm like, having, like, a spasm, you know, and, but I'm so excited that he's there. And um, uh, and finally I just say, it's David Byrne. <laughs> and like no one's talking to him and she's like you should go talk to him I'm like but me okay so i go i don't remember the i do not remember this conversation it probably wasn't very long cut to a year later same birthday party david byrne not being recognized by anyone and now i feel like ah no david <laughs> so i go up to him and he's super friendly he's a really nice guy and i tell him i'm a filmmaker and he's uh, we start talking about movies a little bit, and I ask him. I, I mentioned, you know, True Stories is a, a movie he wrote and directed, and did all yeah, the music brilliant. for, and it's really inter- cool movie. And I'm asking him about that, and I ask him, you know, why haven't you made more movies? And he goes, Well, I have ideas for movies, but when I pitch it, people look at me like I have antenna growing out of my head, like I've got, they have no idea what I'm talking about. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know what possessed me in this moment to be like, okay, let's role play. <laughs> I'm let's let's role play, David. Uh, you're you're still not really role playing. You're still <laughs> David Byrne, <laughs> but I'm a studio executive. Pitch me your idea. <laughs> and he like immediately jumps to it, like, in, like a right. good performer. He's like, okay, here it is. And he says. Okay, so it's a story about, you know, a reliquary. Like they keep in a church where they keep like the bones of a saint or whatever. Okay, now this one has some of the crown of thorns on it and it has Jesus's blood on it. And they take the blood and they clone Jesus from the blood. And the rest of the film is about this guy walking around trying to figure out who his father is. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And I start laughing. And I start laughing a little bit. I'm starting to kind of shake. I'm like, uh-huh. And? And I go, what are you going to call it? And then he starts laughing. And he goes, I think I'm going to call it, who's your daddy? And then we both start laughing. I'm like, sold. How much money, how much money do you need? And this is why I'm not a studio executive. That would be the headline the next day. Brandon Edgens bankrupts United Artists. With gives, who's your daddy? Gives $100 million to, to David Burns' Who's, who's your, your daddy, daddy project. I just, I don't know. I was at a party. He, he pitched it to me. It sounded brilliant. I hadn't read the script yet, but I mean, how could you go wrong? 
The Well is produced, recorded, and edited by Brandon Edgens and myself, Anson Mount. Theme music by Jonathan Myberg. Additional music for this episode provided by Lee Rosevier and by Silent Partner. If you like our show, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download your podcasts so that you can get new episodes of The Well automatically. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. Thank you.